welcome to keysvineyard.com. Like and subscribe. So on August 31st, on a Wednesday, we're going to do a jam night, and that starts at 6.30 p.m. On September 7th, there's going to be um, a youth group that starts at 6 p.m. It's September 10th. We're going to do a Bay of Honda Beach Baptism at 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. And, and on September 14th, we're going to have a night watch. All of those days, I'm nine, so, you know. So the men's group meets this Monday at 6.30 p.m., so that will be 48 hours. Also, my birthday is next month, but very, very soon. I hope it's going to be a good time today. So, download the Keys Vineyards app, scan your key, QR code, and there will be more upcoming events forever. Let's get ready for church. Woo! What's, um, what's the way? Uh, entrance right here and exit right there. Oh, exit right there. I said, yay! Good morning, everybody joining us online. We're getting ready to go. Glad you're with us. And, uh, uh, we've had fun so far this morning, so we're going to continue to do that with you. Then we're in our series called The Fight. We're going to be in Acts chapter 1 and 2 today. So uh, if you can, get your Bibles, get what you need to be comfortable, get ready to go, because here we go. Woo! Good morning, everyone. It's great to see you all, hear your voices. We're looking forward to spending time with you in worship and in the word. I'm going to tell you what we'll be attempting to do. We start things off with communion, and Pastor Fran is going to lead us through that in just a moment. After communion, we'll have our time of worship, and then Pastor Georgina will come up and lead any kids who'd like to join her through a Bible verse. We'll dismiss them to their Sunday school classrooms, and then we'll have our time in the word with Pastor Steve. We are in the fight, part seven, and it's a really good one. I enjoyed it. You're going to get a lot out of it, but before we begin, let's pray. Holy Spirit, would you come? Papa, we are here for you. And we're just so grateful to be called your kids. We can't thank you enough for the lengths you went to to bring us back into your family. Papa, as we ready ourselves to hear the word, would you soften our hearts and help us to be good listeners? We want to receive all that you have for us and we want to be changed by your word. So help us to draw closer to you. We join with all the churches around the world where your gospel is preached with this call. Lord God, you demonstrate your almighty power most of all in showing mercy and grace. Give us such a measure of your mercy and grace that as we live by trying to do the next right thing, we may obtain your promises and share in your heavenly treasure. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Pastor Fran. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took bread and he broke it, saying, This is my body given for you. 
Take and eat it in remembrance of me. St. Mary took the cup. It's the last night of the Passover celebration. Cups of place and sanctification and poured and celebrated. Jesus took the third cup, which is a cup of redemption. He said, this is my blood poured out for you. Drink this in remembrance of me. There with his friends that night, Jesus gave us a lasting ordinance and remembrance that we call communion the Lord's Supper. He said, from now on, we get together and partake in this meal. I want to remember me. So his friends gathered this morning. We too can partake in this meal, the bread and the cup, the body and blood of the Lord. Well, remember, give thanks. Remember all Jesus has said and done and promised to do. Remember his willingness to go to the cross on our behalf. Want to remember how he died and rose again. Want to remember all on Thanksgiving that he's coming back soon. So on this table are the elements of communion, the bread and the cup, the body and blood of the Lord. Table's open this morning to all who believe. It says we worship and you feel led by the Spirit. Go eat, drink, remember, and give thanks. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Fran. We're going to enter now into our time of worship together, and I'd encourage us all to sing out and lift our voices as we elevate Jesus in our midst here today. We'll see the words pop up on the screen, so it's really easy to sing along with. You're welcome to sit, but stand if you're able. This is one we should know. How great thou art.
no one like you. You count the stars and call them by name. You number every hair on our head. You are great.
to cost at any cost. Come, Holy Spirit of God, and revive your people. This is my
you are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you for this awesome time of worship in your presence. God, we love you. It's you we worship. You are holy. You are worthy. You are righteous, God. And Lord, as we're here in your presence, I'd ask that you'd be with us as we prepare to study your word. Lord God, would you anoint the words that are spoken to us, that are taught to us. Use those words, God, to stir up our hearts towards you. And Holy Spirit, I'd ask that you'd be with those who are working with our children. God, anoint them. Give them everything that they need to show all the kids your wonderful love for them, oh God. You are so good, Lord. We love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. And Pastor Georgina, would you please come up and teach the children a Bible verse? Okay, good morning, boys and girls. So, in the last four weeks, we have been talking about the big picture question. Do you guys remember what that is? It says, hi, it says, what is mercy? Right? And mercy is when God does not give us what our sins deserve, right? He has mercy on us, right? So in today's story from the book of Luke, that's where we're going to go to the New Testament, the gospel of Luke. Jesus was with people that felt that they were better than other people, right? That they were better than others. So Jesus told them a story to teach them a lesson, right? He said there were two people who went to the temple to pray, right? One of them was a religious leader, a Pharisee, and they believed that they needed to do things in order to get God to love them, right? And they followed all the rules, and they made up even more rules to follow also. And then there was the tax collector, and he was not, he was an unfair person and dishonest, right? And not many people liked them at all. Okay, so when the Pharisee or the religious person went into the temple, he prayed something like this. He said, Father, thank you that I am, I am not greedy, I am not dishonest, or I am not unfaithful, and thank you that I am not like that Pharisee, right? And then he went on to tell the Lord all the things that he does. He said, I fast two, two times a week. That means he doesn't eat, right? And he told him, I do this to honor you. And I tithe. I give 10% of everything that I own, right? That was his prayer. And then the tax collector, he couldn't even look up. So he looked down at the ground because he knew that he had done so many wrong things, right? So his prayer went something like this. Father, I am. please have mercy on me. I am a sinner, he told them, right? And Jesus told them, right, that this, he told, he told them, he told them God was pleased with the tax collector's prayer and he was forgiven, right? But God was not pleased with the religious leader's prayer. And he told them this in Luke 18, 14. I tell you this. This sinner, not the Pharisee, right, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humble, but those who humble themselves will be exalted. Jesus told them that if you 
bring yourself up above others, right? If you think that way, then you will be brought down. But God says, if you are humble, God will honor you. Very important. And guess what, guys? We need God's mercy and we need his forgiveness because we have all sinned. We all do things that we shouldn't do, right? And because Jesus came and died for us, he died to pay for all the things that we've ever done wrong and will ever do wrong. Did you know that? Yes. So now because we believe in Jesus, God can forgive us. Isn't that amazing? Hi, so great. Okay, are you guys ready to say the Bible verse with me? Lucas, you ready? Awesome. Okay, repeat after me. Luke 18, 14. Luke 18, 14. I you, I tell you, this sinner, this sinner not the Pharisee, Pharisee. returned home justified, justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. Excellent job. Good job. Look at this cool. Good job. Children are getting stickers because God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Okay, ready, guys? We're going to pray. Okay, ready? Let's bow our heads and pray. We're going to talk to the Lord, okay? Father in heaven, we are so grateful, Lord God, for our children, Lord God. I fill them with your love, Lord God. Help them to know you better, Lord, and help them to understand what mercy is, Lord God, and to love you even more because of it, Lord God. In Jesus' name, what do we say, guys? Amen. Amen. Okay, go have fun. Amen. Go have fun. I like I like the sibling rivalries that pop up. It's very biblical, you know. There's like throughout the scripture, there's if you ever look at brothers and sisters, and they're from the beginning with Cain and Abel and and Jacob and uh, you know Joseph and his brothers and Rachel and Leah. Just it's a it's a theme. So they come by it pretty naturally. I didn't hit enough buttons. Let me hit another button. I got it. I won, job. Thank you so much. Welcome to the vineyard. Glad to have you with us today uh, on a nice Sunday. Welcome to those of you joining us online. If this is your first time here, uh, that code that just popped up on the screens over there is for you. Uh, If you pointed your smart device at it with the camera on, it will pop a link on your phone to our digital connect card, name, address, and email. No, name, phone number, and email, not your address. And uh, we will send you texts and emails over the next five or six weeks. Uh, but just about the church, telling you about us, asking you questions, all that stuff. We also have gifts for all the first-time guests back at guest services. If you didn't get one on the way in, please stop by on the way out. Claire, I'm pretty sure you've gotten a gift, but still. 
Baby Claire. Said amen. She said amen. She did. I loved She was adding into worship too. It was very cool. Uh, so I did that. We pray for our neighbors here. It's something I want you doing every day. And then when we gather, we do it corporately. So think about a couple of your neighbors. Just kind of get them in your mind's eye. Let's go to the Lord, Papa. We pray for our neighbors. We lift them up to you, God. We ask that you would move in their lives in mighty, mighty ways. That you would draw those who don't know you into relationship with you. Help us to be good neighbors, God. To love our neighbors well. Bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area that hundreds and thousands of people will come to know you as their Lord and Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Uh, We're going to keep on in our series called The Fight here in just a moment, and I'll do the whole intro when I'm on the the roll. I did want to say, though, that next Sunday evening, uh, friends, uh, Brady and Jessica, who were with us for years, and then they've gone off on the mission field, uh, and they actually have been there now several years, I think, and doing a great job out on the mission field. Um, They're in a sensitive enough country that we can't tell you where they are. We call it Epiphany. But um, they will be here next weekend, and they're going to come Sunday evening, and we'll do some question and answer time if you're interested with them. That'll be Sunday at 6.30. And as a church, we support them. So uh, it would be great to be with them and see them. I miss them. It'll I be miss good them to see too. their faces. Yeah, I know. So so that's hug their necks. Very exciting. So that's coming up next Sunday evening. All right, let's do the jokes, and then uh, you can bring us back with prayer and reading the Word. Alice and I, we have a Kia Sportage. We, we love it. It's a great car. But actually, uh, we're getting a DeLorean as a second vehicle, and we'll drive it from time to time. <laughs> Just one more today. I don't normally do math puns, but I will make one if I have to. H-A-L-H-A-L-F, right? Oh, Claire didn't like that one. Math joke, that's oh, why. Oh, well, it's a math joke. That could be that. You really want me to do this other one? Oh, it's up there. People are asking me why you only do two jokes. Did I recently tell the pun about my spine? If I did, it was about a week back. There you go. <laughs> Very good, dear. Thank you. <laughs> Please pray. I will. Let's go ahead and refocus and press into Papa before we read the word together. Lord, you're so good, and we thank you for all the life that you bring us, the life that you bring us in worship and as we gather together as a family. Father, I pray that today, as we read your word and we learn more about you, you would touch our hearts and touch our minds. Lord, that nobody would leave here not feeling loved and blessed, not feeling like the way before them is lit brightly, Lord, because you always bring calm into the chaos peace into the chaos, and you always give us a way to go. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Will you stand with me, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 through 8. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. 
On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates the father has set by his own authority. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. Blessed be the word of the Lord. You guys can sit. All right. So I have a lot to cover again today. And uh, if, if you've never done this, if you pointed your smart device at that code, you get the fill-in notes, which has all these verses and everything there for you. And at the end, you hit a button and you're, they're emailed to you and you've got them. So you might want to do that. A lot of this is very foundational stuff. And this series, really, uh, I, I want to talk about the armor of God. That's where we're heading. There's the fight, the spiritual battle. And I realized in preparing for it that that it would make, I think, more sense uh, if we sort of laid down a theology, a uh, foundation for why there's a battle at all and for what's going on. And that's what we've been doing. So this is week number seven. And, and uh, so we're going to press in. So, But don't worry, we have plenty of time for the armor. I extended this thing. It's going to have 20 weeks now. So uh, <laughs> it's all good. Um, but th- this imp- this part is really important. So just, you know, real briefly, and, and if, if, if this is too brief, go back and watch some of the previous one because there's a lot of stuff in there. But what we've been talking about is, you know, cosmos, cosmology, cosmic, that idea. And when you hear that, I just want you to think about heaven and earth realms, not as separate distance by millions and millions of miles, but a divine realm and an earthly realm uh, of spiritual beings and earthly beings, human beings, that, uh, and that they exist uh, and they overlap, heaven and earth. There's an overlap that we've talked about a lot. That God's heart was to have that place, and that's what we looked at in creation, that before us, God had a spiritual family called the little E, Elohim. Been in that a lot, what that means and who they are. But, you know, you know them as angels, but also we introduced them as sons of God and those sort of the things. Uh, he had us. We were his imagers. We were to partner with him on the planet, make a difference here. But very early on in the story, some of the little E. Elohim didn't care for this idea of a human family. One of them in particular starts by devising a, a plan, he thinks, to eliminate us. That's what happens at the garden with the fall. Uh, and the, the, Satan tempts uh, Adam and Eve to do something they shouldn't, hoping that God will just wipe out that plan. But he doesn't. There's consequences, but God never gives up on his human family. You need to know that. That's a big part of the whole story that we read. And uh, a covenant is made there with Adam that, uh, you know, the, uh, someone will come who will crush the enemy's head. The, the enemy will strike his heel, but he'll crush his head. Listen, six covenants is what we covered in the last few weeks. If you can remember those six covenants, you'll have the story. So you get that first one at the fall with Adam as a result of that. Then comes the flood, which there's a lot going on in the flood that I can't get into now, but out of that comes another covenant, uh, one with Noah. 
And that's sort of where we have new creation from. And God doesn't start completely over. He makes this little floating garden of Eden and puts Noah and his wife and their kids on there and animals. Going to start over with them. They get a fresh start. They mess up. We get to that third big rebellion, which we've talked about, Tower of Babel. And most people don't realize how connected that is to what we're going to talk about today, which is Pentecost. But uh, at the Tower of Babel, um, God separates people at that time because they, uh, they don't want him. They've made it clear with all the rebellion. And God says, fine, I'm going to give you under the authority, put you under the authority, all you peoples under these sons of God that we read about, these Elohim. And while they may not have been you know, all bad at the time, since then they've all gotten corrupted. We see that in the scriptures where we've talked about that. Covenant is made there as he brings up another nation. Apart from those 70, he's going to keep one for himself. That's Israel, right? Starting with Abraham. God makes a covenant with Abraham through you. All nations will have a way back. We've been sort of giving them over right now to, to just release them to the authority of these um, Elohim, spiritual family, because they don't want me. But there will be a way back for them, and that's what happens in the covenant with Abraham. So you have covenants, you have rebellions, and you have covenants. And we moved into the story of Israel last week very quickly. And you get more rebellion and more covenants. Then you get the covenant with Moses, which is uh, all about really the, the ten words, commandments. I explained that. And uh, our need for help because we, we can't keep those. That's how we should live and, and we can't. But Jesus will come and fulfill the covenant with Moses by perfectly fulfilling the law. Then you have the covenant with David. In David's line, there will be a king who comes, a perfect king. Jesus fulfills that one. And then last week we ended with talking about the new covenant, uh, which is happens during exile, is prophesied that a time will come when God changes things and Holy Spirit will come and live with us. So we got all the way through Jesus coming last week, uh, and very exciting. And, you know, I told you that ultimately what happens is he's the perfect imager uh, of God. He comes and lives in a way that we can't. He lives the perfect sinless life, and he willingly goes to the cross on our behalf, where he exchanges his life for ours, if you would. He defeats the power of sin there at the cross, and then he's buried Rises again on the third day. That little thing I told you, that's the gospel message. He rises on the third day, defeating the power of death. In effect, at the cross and resurrection, he's undone for us. What happened at the fall, that's where the power of sin and power of death entered the world. Also in the cross and resurrection, he has satisfied all of the covenants uh, and, and made a way for that last new covenant to happen, which is where we are today. So it's amazing what Jesus has done for us that we can have life. So today I want to pick it up there. What happens is after the resurrection, he hangs out with his guys 40 days, teaches them a whole bunch of things, and then he ascends into heaven. Now, when, I, when you see that come up in that passage, think realm. Don't think he's gone now millions of miles away. Heaven and earth overlap. Uh, the, the throne room that we're going to talk about, just kind of the control room for all of heaven and earth, all right? And so uh, he needs to ascend, and he goes to the throne room to the right hand of God. Hebrews 12, 2, among, there's lots of verses that tell this. Fix our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer or the author and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross. This passage presents me with a lot of bunny trails that I want to go down. I will try and restrict them, but I can't ever read what I just read without stopping for a moment because a lot of people don't know how amazingly powerful that verse is when you read that. Some people would see, okay, the joy set before him, that was, you know, he's going he's gonna to be able to go to the throne room and sit at the right hand of the God, and, and right hand of God. And what you need to realize is that before any of this happened, he was there already. 
And, and he was in the throne room. Something was missing. And so he comes to get what was missing. What was missing? You. See, that's the whole deal. And you need to get a hold of that, that you're the joy set before him. In the midst of this life and in the battles that we face and all of the hard things that go on, you have to be able to connect with that as a person individually. It's not just a corporate you. It's a you, you. It's, I could stop every, you're the joy, you're the joy, you're the joy, you're the joy, but I don't have time. All right? Don't missing out this room, pointing, joy, joy, joy. (laughs) Joy, joy, joy in the back. (laughs) Joy, joy, joy to those of you watching online. Now I'm way off track. But you get it. You're the joy. You're the reason he did what he did at the cross and defeating death. You're the reason so that you can be with him forever. He never gives up on his human family. Never, ever, ever. And that's the story that's going on. For the joy set before him, you, he endured the cross, scorning and shame, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. There he is, not millions of miles away, in the control room where all this stuff works. All right? That needed to happen so... He could send Holy Spirit, which is what the New Covenant was all about. And, and the Holy Spirit's going to come and indwell us. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. I've said it several times, but that's that whole, went to the cross according to the Scriptures, died, was buried, defeated death according to the Scriptures. That's the gospel truth that you need to hear and respond to. Believe in your heart, confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, because of that, boom. When that happens... When you believe, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Wow. Who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of glory? So here's another bunny trail, but I have to do it. Holy Spirit. I just think we skip over this. So when you ask Jesus to be Lord and Savior, Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you. You're a place now where heaven and earth meet, right inside you. Because God, Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you. He's there to lead you, encourage you, help you, guide you, um, move you through life, sanctify you. He's doing all those things in our life because he's with us in a very real way. And and he's a deposit guaranteeing us he's going to hang with us until new creation happens. We'll be talking about more of that next week. But don't forget that he never lets go of the plan he has for his human family. Heaven's going to come to earth. New Jerusalem comes out of heaven to earth. Earth is renewed, restored, recreated. As believers, you get resurrected bodies. That's why it's such a big deal. Incorruptible bodies that last forever, back to the way it was supposed to always be. That's where we're heading. And Holy Spirit is a deposit. And I don't even think we can grasp that because I will, I will just spend lots of time thinking about this. A deposit is a part of something, right? When you get it, it's a part. If Holy Spirit, God living in you, is a part of what's coming, what's coming? <laughs> yeah, you, it should throw some... It, it, I, I just... I, we, it's because we've only experienced creation as cool as it can be in a fallen state. Wow. He's a deposit, guaranteeing. He's a, God is, is going to finish this circle. He's going to come. Let me tell you a quick story. I talked about finishing circles last week. And uh, I know some of you, I've gotten a lot of responses to that. So, so that's good. You know, we need to be circle finished. But God definitely is, and that's the finished circle, what's coming. Anyway, this, this sort of works with that. So Alice, yesterday, she says, Honey, very nicely, you're having coffee. Could you please fix those light switches? And... To her credit, she'd asked me this several months ago, and my response had been to order the switches that needed to be replaced. That's as far as I got. And then, because when she asked, well, I ordered the switches. Okay, good. So she asked very kindly, and I thought, okay, I'll do it, you know. Uh, 
And I thought to myself, three switches need to be replaced. And it should be 10 minutes a switch, 30 minutes, no worries. Well, it would have been probably 10 minutes a switch 30 years ago when everything I timed by, when my eyes still worked the way they're supposed to and my hands were like fully functioning and could get in those little tight places. You ever get in a little tight place and now it's like, ah! And wires, you know, you have to bend them and hook them and, ah! So an hour and a half later, I'm wrapping up the 30-minute job, and I've already had to... I put the switches in once, and then they didn't work, and I had to go back and figure out why. Finally got it all done and put my tools away. But I say all that, finish the circles, to say this. People are often shocked when they realize how bad an electrician I am. Okay. So the coming of the Spirit was in fulfillment uh, of the new covenant. I read these verses last week, Ezekiel 36. They were in exile. I will give you a new heart, put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my life. Uh, he's going to empower us so that we can move away from rebellion. It's, just in, it's been in our nature to rebel and go our own way. And we, were, we couldn't really make it on our own. But now, with Holy Spirit's help, we can go in the right direction. We can choose to do the right thing. doesn't mean that we always do, because that's why we're this battle going on. There's this whole enemy mess trying to get us not to do the right thing. But we can, if we'll yield the Holy Spirit and ask for His help, that power is in us to do the right thing now. So I say, walk by the Spirit, Galatians 5. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. You can choose now, because Holy Spirit's in you, to yield to Him and to go His way. And things can be different. But as I said, we choose not to sometimes because there's a spiritual battle. And, and that's what this whole series is about. The spiritual battle is on. Now, in Acts 2 today, we're going to see it really begin. And what's happening, all this stuff has been laying the groundwork for what's going on. Now we've got Holy Spirit... And we'll, we'll see how the battle starts. Now remember, Acts 1-8, Alice read this, you will receive power, the word is, the word dynamite, dunamis, you'll receive power, amazing Holy Spirit power, the power that resurrected him, the resurrection power is in you to live this life now when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And because of that, you will be my witnesses. With this power, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to all the ends of the earth, to all the nations. You're going to tell everyone what's going on and that there's a way back to Jesus. And if you keep reading the book of Acts, it doesn't take long to get into the setup for why he's telling them what's going to happen and how you're going to go to the nations. We get into Acts chapter 2. Verse 1, and this is what happens at Pentecost. Now, Pentecost was a, was a religious festival that was celebrated every year, and people from Israel would travel from wherever they were to Jerusalem if they could go to be a part of this. You'll read about, in the Bible, you'll often see them referred to as Jews, the Jews. And that just meant people, people from Israel who lived in different lands, in these foreign nations that we talked about uh, throughout this whole thing, right? There's these four nations now that aren't Israel. Any nation is not Israel. But during the exiles, a lot of people from Israel 
relocated into these four nations. So they would come to this spot. And that's what's happening at the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, all the disciples hanging out like they were supposed to. And suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. What's going on here is as Holy Spirit comes, this is the opposite of what happened at the Tower of Babel. That's why this is so important. You need to get this battle-wise, right? Babel, languages confused, nations separated, putting under the authority of those 70 uh, fallen sons of God. Pentecost, Holy Spirit comes. Languages now can be understood. Everybody there can understand what's happening. No matter what their language is that they came from, they all understand what's going on. It's a complete reversal of what happened back at Babel, and that continues. And so uh, Peter hops up with all this is going on because these all these people that are visiting, they don't know what's taking place, what's going on, but they're hearing and can understand in their own language what's happening. And they're hearing about Jesus, and they're not sure what's going on. So Peter steps up to make Make sure that everybody hears what's happening. Verse 22, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep his hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me because he is my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices, but my body also will rest in hope because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead. You will not let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Fellow Israelites, Peter says, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath, the covenant he makes with David, that he would place one of his descendants on the throne. Seeing what was to come, he spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah. Remember, go back if you didn't. Second Samuel that 7, it's in there that after David, that God would rise up offspring, one of his offspring, to be on the throne forever. And the word is resurrect. And and it's happening here. And they're making these connections. He was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor did his body see decay. God has resurrected this Jesus to life. And we are all witnesses of it. Exalted to the right hand of God. We saw that. He has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. Peter lets all these people know what's happened and tells them the story of Jesus, Messiah, who came and who lived and who died and who defeated death and rose again and has gone to the right hand of the throne and has now sent Holy Spirit. And that's what they're seeing. Holy Spirit being poured out and making people um, witnesses. And, and the result of this whole story is this, Acts 2.41. Those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 added to their number that day. 3,000 of these people who had come, the people of Israel, but from different nations had come, heard what was taking place, believed, believed in their heart, confessed with their mouth, Jesus is Lord. They're saved. They're baptized. And you know what happens next? They go home. Well, why is that a big deal? 
These people are fired up, on fire. They've just seen a move of Holy Spirit. They've accepted Jesus. They're getting what's going on. And, and they've, they're going home. They're telling everybody in these nations what's happened and that God has made a way back for everyone to be reconciled with God. And, and that's the beginning. That's the, the beginning of this battle. See, these 3,000 are uh, an addition now. God's human family is grown by 3,000. Boom. And they're going to go and the battle is on. They're the first wave of what's taking place. They join in with the great commission that Jesus left with his disciples. Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me quickly. See, we, we read that, I think sometimes we go over it too quick to get to the next little bit that you know. But all authority in heaven. Well, we, that's pretty easy to connect with because he's at the right hand of the throne of God. You get that, right? But that little part on earth has been given to me. All authority on earth. What's the connection that he's trying to make? Do you remember at Tower of Babel when those 70 nations and they, those evil Elohim, they become that way? The sons of God are given authority over the nations. They have a legitimate claim to that authority from, from then on. And Jesus is coming now, and he's because of what he's done, he's saying, I have all the authority back. It's all in me. It's not with them. And now you go in the authority that I'm sending you. You go into all nations. Go and make disciples of all nations. I want you to go to every, all those 70, all those nations. You go and tell them there's a way back, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And truly I'm with you to the very end of the age. Jesus has all authority. He's won it back and he now sends us in his authority. And you need that connection. You need to see what's going on. And, and this connection happens all the time about the cross and the defeat, if you would, of the evil one, the powers, the rulers, the authorities. That's how Paul talks about them all the time of what's going on. And you'll see that over and over again in the scripture. And this marks the end, uh, the beginning of the end for the fallen sons of God. The Spirit's arrival changes everything. Remember the fallen sons of God, Deuteronomy 32.8, the Most High gave to the nations their inheritance when he divided mankind, Tower of Babel, Genesis 10, he fixed the borders of the people according to the number of the sons of God. But look at this, Colossians 2. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ, forgave us all our sins, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, that's the covenant with Moses, which stood against us and condemned us. He has taken it away, nailing it to the cross, and having disarmed the powers and authorities. He made a public spectacle of them, triumphing them over the cross. I'm trying to speak too fast. At the cross, he triumphs over powers and authorities. They are defeated. Here's the deal. Why there's a battle? Not departed. They refuse to just roll over and walk away. They won't. But they are absolutely defeated. All authority now, Jesus has, and he gives it to us so that we can live this life. That's the battle. We're to go just like those guys who hear it, you hear it. We're witnesses now. We're to be living in a way that people can know there's a way back to God, to be reconciled through Jesus. That's what it's all about. But these rulers and authorities, they're not just going to give up. They're going to continue to press on. That's why we have a battle. But Jesus has authority over all of them. Who's gone into heaven and is at God's right hand? Jesus with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. 
Every created being is in submission now to Jesus. Uh, and Ephesians 1.20, he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. We just read about that. Far above what? All rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the age to come, the one to come. So Jesus is over everything. The enemy is defeated but not departed. We are still in this present evil age, but there is an age to come on the horizon. That's what we read about in Revelation 21. But because of what Jesus has done there at the cross, somehow that has moved in in part to this age. There's an overlap, a tension once again. You gotta think about tensions when you, when you understand the battle. There's a heaven and earth connect. There's a, the, there's a tension in this present age and the age to come because of Jesus that's already going on. The kingdom of God is here, but not fully here. All these things are happening and make a big difference in the battle. But know the end of the story, 1 Corinthians 15. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep, the first of new creation. For since death came through a man, Adam, the resurrection of the dead comes also through a man, Jesus, second Adam. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. But each, in turn, Christ the first fruits. Then when he comes, those who belong to him. That's what we're waiting for. Then the end will come when he hands over the kingdom to God, the Father, after he is destroyed, all dominion, authority, and power. Their days are limited, but he's coming. When he comes back, their days are completely over. They're already defeated, but they're just not given up without a fight. And that next, actually, verse would say, uh, and the last enemy to be destroyed is death, power of death that rolled in at the fall. All of that gets taken care of. That's the battle. The kingdom is here, but not fully here. There's an overlap between heaven and earth. All these things are taking place, and you need to be aware of them as we press in to the battle, which we're going to keep going into and talk more about next week, particularly talking about new creation next week, because sometimes you need to remember the end of the story and God's faithfulness to bringing everything to completion, because the battle can get tough sometimes. This present evil age can, uh, it can knock you around a little bit, but that's okay. What's coming is amazing. All right, plenty to think about. I'm going to end it there. Ministry team, those of you here, mind you head over the wall. People on the way over there here to pray for you. Let me say this again. Look, everything changes when you connect with Jesus. When you're reconciled to God through Jesus, there's an invitation that he's made possible through what we talked about, that good news, that, that uh, he's made a way back for you. And our whole thing is we respond. We believe in our heart. We confess with our mouth, Jesus is Lord. And then when you do that, Holy Spirit comes and everything changes. Listen, if you've never done that, responded to that invitation, do it today. Absolutely the best decision you will ever make. And it's just this, Jesus, will you be my Lord and my Savior? I encourage you, best decision you make, do that today, changes everything. Amen. C.S. Lewis coined that phrase, the now and the not yet, or maybe he didn't. That's just the first time I'd heard about C.S. Lewis, the now and the not yet, the overlap. I love the overlap. Part of the overlap, the gifts of the Spirit live in there, and I had, I had a 
feeling this morning, a pretty strong feeling that there's either someone here at church today or online, and you're feeling like a failure. And that word is going over and over in your head. I just feel like a failure. Looking at your friends and the people your age and feeling that way. And the Lord's like, no, don't look to the right or the left. Look up because you are my joy. And I have sealed you with the Holy Spirit. And that's a kingly seal. And that's where it all starts for you. Remembering who you are in him and that you are his joy. You're not a failure. Amen. Amen. Good word. Good word. All right, church. Thank you again for your uh, generosity. We love partnering with you. Thankful your faithfulness to giving, offering, tithing, all those cool things that you do. We sent the... uh, food truck uh, was invited out to the opening of the new park here on Big Pine. And it was really hot out there. And our truck was there giving away ice cream and coffee, cold coffee floats. It was a big hit. Thank you that we can go and give that stuff away because you guys are generous. We appreciate that very, very much. Let's sing the doxology and we'll dismiss. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Amen. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. Prayer will be over there. These doors will be open for you on the way out. Get out there. Have a nice day. Catch some fish. Hope your team wins. Be kind. Yes. Kind is cool. And uh, we'll see you guys soon. Yeah. Thanks, guys. God bless you. New creation next week. Very excited about that. And um, lots to think about this week. So have a great week. I'm going to give you guys a little a little sneak, sneak peek into next week because guess the younger version of you is going to be preaching. Pastor Doug, one of my favorite weeks. So tune in, you guys. We miss you. Hi, Mary Thomas. Love you. Bye-bye.